This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. We are truly blessed today. Won't you help me welcome all the way from United States of America, Boise. Well, praise the Lord. What a blessing to be here at the 40th celebration. My wife and I are so excited to be here and to see you all. Please be seated. And I am so honored to be in Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev's pulpit. This is quite an honor. So thank you so much. We love you guys with all our heart. You know, I wrote a book called Recession Proof Living. And it's a book that embraces biblical principles in order to develop godly character and then apply those principles and character to every decision you make. And uh, so in the book, part of what I share is 35 true stories of how I applied the Word of God to all different situations and how it resulted in the supernatural, God showing up supernaturally. And I want to share some of those stories. But, you know, when I first became a Christian, I wanted to find out in the Bible everything it instructed us to do. So I began writing down a list, comprising a list of scriptures, and I have about 100 of those in the, in the book, and I would compare my life to the scriptures and my doing what the, the Bible says to do, you know, such as honor your parents, that it goes well with you and you live long on the earth. Honor your wife, that your prayers be not hindered. That's a big one. That's right. Give to the poor, you'll not lack. Uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you'll prosper, and all those types of scriptures. And I, again, com com compare my life with those verses. Now you say, Bill, um, you know, isn't that more performance? No, that's obedience. There's a difference. You know, and Hebrews 12, 28 says, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. It's the grace of God that we are able to do everything we do. It, God did it all. We can't earn anything from him, but it's his grace that empowers us to be obedient to his word. And, um, you know, searching the scriptures to be sure we are obeying them doesn't nullify grace. Obeying his word is a result of grace. Some people use grace as a cover-up for sin. It's not a cover-up for sin. It's an empowerment not to sin. One of the first things I learned was to rise up early in the morning and pray and read. It's something different about getting up in the morning. First of all, it shows God that he's first in your life. And it takes extra effort to get up early to take the time to pray and read. And, you know, we look at Jesus as our example in Mark 135. It says, Jesus, rising up a great while before day, prayed. And David got up early in the morning and prayed. So it's a scriptural principle. But listen to these two verses. Job 7, 18 says, you visit man every morning and try him every moment. So I saw God comes by with a special visit in the morning. And Ezekiel 12, 8 says, the word of the Lord came to me in the morning. So God comes by with a special visit, and he'll give you a word. And one word from God can change your life, right? So I got up in the morning like I did. I saw that, and I thought, I'm going to get up every morning and pray and read. I, want to, I don't want to miss God's visit, and I want to hear a word from him. Well, I was a real estate broker, and I was working in a neighborhood, a tract of homes, and I wanted to get my first listing. I had not listed a home yet in this neighborhood. And I heard the Lord's voice say to me early in the morning, study all the facts and figures to do with your neighborhood. How many acres is a complex? How many models are there? What's the square footage? And so forth. So I studied all those figures. Later that day, I got my first call from somebody that said, Bill, I want to sell my house, and I'm going to interview you and two other guys after you. I said, fair enough. He goes, you're up first. So I came, and I sat down. He says, how many models are there of mine? I said, 41. He said, how many sold this year? I said, four. 
He goes, how many sold last year? I said, seven. He goes, what's the square footage? I said, 1992. He goes, how many models are there altogether? I said, six. 35 of the plan, 300s, 35. And I went down the list. And he says, how many acres is our complex? I said, 33. He said, how many acres is our lake? I said, one and a half. He goes, how do you know all these figures? I said, it's part of my job. <laughs> I just learned it that day. He said, you got the listing. So he didn't interview the other two guys, and that, that's my first listing. I'm walking out the door, and some neighbors are walking by. I lived in the same neighborhood, and the neighbors walked by, and they said, hey, Bill, my friends are over having dinner, and uh, they want to know, do you have any models for sale like ours? I said, I just listed one 30 seconds ago. And they said, they want to see it. Could we see it? So I turned around, knocked on the door, and I said, can I show your home? He said, man, you work fast. <laughs> the people walked in. They loved it, and they bought it right on the spot. So I made $15,000 at that time. And, uh, but here's the point. What if I wouldn't have gotten up early and heard the voice of the Lord? I, do you think I would have got the listing if he asked me all those questions? No, I wouldn't have. So hearing the voice of the Lord, but that, I learned that principle of getting up early. Now you might say, well, I, I, I pray and read at night. That's okay, but it's better in the morning because it sets the course of your day. See, when you get the word in your heart, your attitude is better for the whole day. And you hear God's voice in the morning, uh, especially. Uh, another situation, my wife and I bought a new home, and we had a, a big olive tree planted in the front yard. And it was beautiful. But after about two years, it got a disease. And the arborist came by and said, Bill, all the olive trees in the area have a disease. It's fatal. There is no recovery for it. So it started dying. It got really pathetic looking. So we decided, you know what? This is our property. We're going to pray over it. Just like Jesus cursed the fig tree, we're going to bless the olive tree. So we prayed over it, we anointed it with oil, and each day as we would leave the house, we would just speak to it and say, tree, you'll live and not die. You will live and not die. That's all we did. And then we'd come home at night, tree, you'll live and not die. You produce leaves in Jesus' name. And we did that, so after about four years, it started growing. And it got so big that after eight years, it was so big it was going to bust the uh, stonework up that we had around the patio. So the uh, landscaper said, Bill, you better cut this tree down. It's going to mess up all your stonework. So we prayed about it and felt like, wow, what a shame. It's so healthy and beautiful. But we felt like the Lord said, cut it down. Well, when we cut it down, as they got to the trunk and they were cutting layers and layer and layer, this is what appeared in the trunk. Show that photo. I mean, is that amazing? So we went to the top arborist in Newport Beach, three of them, and we showed them that and said, do you ever see a cross appear in a tree? They said, never. Two of them got saved just by seeing it. And it's too long to tell you their story, but the point was, if our words can affect a tree, then how much more would affect our bodies? Right? And I know we all learn about our mouth here and our confession, but see, God was showing me how it affected the tree like that. So even though it was subtle day by day, it's affecting. So your words are affecting your life. So I think that's a powerful... And look, look at this verse. This is kind of cool. Psalms 50 verse 23 says, To him that orders his conversation aright, which is speaking life, I will show the salvation of God. Now, the cross is the symbol of our salvation. So God fulfilled his word by that scripture in showing the cross. I thought that was exciting. Anyway, uh, there was a time I was working out with a big guy at the gym, and I blew my knee out. 
uh, I've had surgery and it didn't take. So six months I was on crutches and I was in severe pain. Well, one night I was at my brother and sister-in-law's house and it was a Wednesday night. I always went to church Wednesday night, but uh, I was really hurting and it was a 40-minute drive to church and they said, Bill, we'll make you a nice dinner, just relax. I said, no, you know what? I just feel like I'm supposed to go to church. I like going to church, but I just felt especially to go. So I got up, went to church. It was a church I just started because the previous church fell apart, so we, I started a new church, and I'd only been there one time. So nobody knew me. I sat in the very back row, came in, sat down, and I was going to give my tithe that night. So my tithe was um, $2,500, but that's equal to, uh, what is tithe? Uh, 20, that's, I wrote that down for you guys. Whatever. You guys know what 2,500 is. Uh, 18, let's see, 26,000 rand. Okay. Oh, is that right? No. Anyway, okay. 30,000? Okay. So that was, but, I, but the Lord spoke to me and said, no, I want you to give $10,000, which is 150,000 rand. So that's what I felt to do. So I prayed over it and uh, put it in and so forth. And then during the service, the pastor's preaching, and he stops, and he points to the very back, and he goes, you in the back, I've got to pray for your knee. I thought, wow, okay. So he comes back, he lays hands on my knee, the correct knee. He didn't know, didn't look any different. And so nothing happened, but I got up the next morning, the very next morning, and my knee was completely healed, 100%. But, but here's the point, here's the point. Deuteronomy 14, 22 and 23 says, tithe that you may learn to fear the Lord. So if you don't tithe, it shows you don't fear God. But Malachi 4, 2 says, uh, those that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. So it ties the tithe with the fear of the Lord with the healing. Now you can't buy your healing, but the point is if we be obedient to the word of God, there is great benefits. And you see that? So the tithing, if you're having a problem with the healing, maybe you don't tithe. That would help right there. Tithing is so important. Uh, you know, and just to share a few stories here about tithing, um, I went through a year, I've been a Christian for 50 years now, but I had one year where I went through where I didn't make any money because I disobeyed God. And it wasn't anything bad, but in a sense, it was for me. Uh, I was asked to get on the board at the church, be a board member, and the Lord three times told me, do not become a board member. Now, it was nothing wrong with the church, nothing wrong with the board. He just told me not to. But anyway, I let them talk me into it. I went on the board. That day I went on the board, I didn't make one penny for one year to the very next year to the day severe. But during that year, God still took care of me. And I just want to share three quick stories about how God took care of me. Um, I, my house payment was due and it was $1,800, which is, uh, let's see, what is $1,800? It's 26,000 rand. And so it was due on the first and it was the 29th of the month. And next day it would be 30 days late. And I never had a 30 day late notice on my credit. I didn't want that. And uh, so I was praying during the open house. I was an open house and I was just praying for about two hours. Thank you, Lord. You've never let me down. I'm a tither. I know I disobeyed you, but still I'm a tither and you always provide. Thank you, Lord. And so as I'm praying, a lady walks in the door and she says, you're Bill Weiss, right? And I go, yeah. And she goes, you sold me my house five years ago. I said, oh, I remember. And she goes, I remember that you cut your commission for me to buy the house. I said, how would you know that you were the buyer? The, only, the seller pays the commission. She goes, I don't know. I just knew that. But, and I don't know how much you cut it. But I just woke up this morning, and I felt like I'm supposed to find you. I, I saw your signs. I tracked you down, and I feel like I'm supposed to give you this. Now, she's not even a Christian. And she hands me $2,000, which is 30,000 rand. So that left enough to tithe and pay my house payment. 
What's the chance of that happening? Praise the Lord. God could tear me. Another time, I had written a check for $445, which is equal to 6,600 rand. And, um, uh, but I didn't know. I thought I had that float in my checkbook. And I didn't. It was already drained to nothing. And I had nowhere to go to get it. And I mailed it off. And I thought, oh, Lord, I've never given a bad check. So I started praying. And uh, in the middle of prayer, I get a call from an escrow company and says, uh, we're looking for Bill Weiss. I said, that's me. And they said, 15 years ago, you had an escrow with us, and we have a check that we never paid you. It was lost. And so it's 30,000 rand. Would you like us to mail it? And I said, no, I'll come pick it up. That's okay. <laughs> so I picked it up, and it, that covered my tithe and the check. What's the chance of that happening? One last story about the tithing. Uh, I had gone down there in that year to no food left in the house, uh, nothing left, and uh, I had just changed. So I was getting together change, and I had $50 worth of change, which is however many rand that is, uh, not much. F 50 times 10 is, or I don't whatever it is, 750. Whatever. Anyway, it wasn't much money, $50. And I felt like the Lord said, uh, go, take, go buy food and take it down to the poor. I thought, Lord, I'm hungry. I'd like to buy some food for me. And... Um, Anyway, I took it down to the poor, came back that day, and was praying. The very next day, a neighbor from about five doors down, who I never met, but I'd seen them before driving by, they knocked on my door and they said, listen, we, we, don't, we don't know you, but we just uh, got transferred to Europe. Today we have to go to Europe. And yesterday we went out and we, we spent $500 on food, 10 times what I gave, and we don't, we don't want it to go to waste. And so would you mind taking this food? It's all healthy. Well, I eat all healthy food, you know. I said, no, oh, I can take it off your hands. That's all right. Thank you. So God provided again supernaturally. Yeah. Um, and now, there was a time also that I had made a lot of money, but I did, and I paid my quarterly estimates, but I ended up owing 45000 more, which is, uh, what is 45000 It's uh, 30, let's see, what's 45000 670,000 rand. I owed 670,000 rand extra to the government. And they said, um, uh, you've got two weeks to pay it. And they said, we'll freeze your account if you don't pay it. And I said, man, I always pay you guys. Anyway, I had two weeks. So I thought, man, I don't have the money to pay that. So I decided, I prayed, and I felt like the Lord said, do Isaiah 58. That's a fast you choose to fast and take your food and clothes down to the poor and put up a homeless person. And so I just thought that's what the Lord told me to do. So I did that that morning. Later that afternoon, I get a call from a client, and he just called to say hello. And I said, Webb, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I've been looking for a home on the ocean. And I said, why didn't you call me? He goes, because you're not an oceanfront specialist. You need to specialize in that area to find a really good property. And I've been looking for six months with all the best of the best guys, and they haven't found me what I want. I've seen every house in Laguna Beach and all over. And I said, okay, if I find something, would you go look at it? And he said, well, sure, but I've seen it all. So anyway, I found one home that he hadn't seen. And I took him out to it. He walked in the door, and it was $2.5 million. I don't know what that is in Rand, a lot of money. But uh, he walked in, he says, I love it. It's perfect. He said, the only thing is, Bill, I'm going to pay cash. I need to close it in two weeks. Can you do that? I said, I think I can work that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it closed. My commission was $54,000, which... I don't know what that is. 54000 and uh, the tithe, my, the, the, the bill was 45000 So it left enough to tithe, give an offering, and pay the bill. And I got it the day before it was due. Now, the point is, what is the chance of that client calling me that day, 
me showing him a home he hadn't seen with all the best of the best, him deciding to buy it, and him paying cash. There was no chance. God did that again, but see, applying the word of God. But it was hearing the voice of the Lord, and the Lord said, do Isaiah 58. So it's not a formula. We just have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost to do what he's commanded us to do. Amen? That's right. Okay, good, I got time. Um, I was selling my home. My, this was before I was married, and um, two realtors came by, showed it. The people loved it. They left. The one realtor called me back and said, Bill, I just wrote up an offer. It's full price. It's the exact terms that you said you would take, and it's all full price. I said, she said, would you take it? And I said, yes, I'll take it. She was, okay, I'm coming by right now. I said, okay, hung up. Five minutes later, the other realtor called and said, Bill, I have an all-cash offer, and it's $10,000 more than full price. So whatever 10000 more is rent. But uh, anyway, so the point was it was a lot more money to me. And she goes, can I come by and you sign it? I said, you know, I just told the other realtor I would take her offer. She goes, yeah, but you didn't sign it, and you're not obligated to. It's only verbal. I said, I know, but I gave my word. And she goes, you're going to turn down $10,000? That doesn't make sense. I said, I have to. You know, Christians, we, we just keep our word. And so now, 15 years later, I walk into a restaurant. My pastor was there with a whole bunch of people eating. And this lady stood up and she goes, Bill, I'm the realtor that you turned down the offer. She goes, what you don't know is I was not a Christian then. And I went out to dinner that night with my friend who was a Christian. And she was, I was arguing with her about Christians. I don't want to be a Christian. But she said, look, Christians keep their word. And she goes, you know, I met a Christian today that kept his word to the tune of $10,000. She goes, I just want you to know that impacted me so much, I got saved that night, and I've been on, at the church serving for 15 years. So who would think that by keeping your word, turning down money, because money's not first in our life, you know, but that's, uh, you know, anybody getting saved is truly a miracle of God, and that's the supernatural, seeing a person get saved. Amen? Uh, let's see, I'm going to tell another story. I got a little time, okay. Uh, I had a, a lady, I, I farmed in this neighborhood, and there was, I had competition, one particular woman that f farmed against me, and she did not like Christians, she was an atheist, and she did not like me especially, because I listed most of the properties, and so she, in a sense, hated me, and uh, one day I found out that her, she was elderly, I found out her uh, husband had died, so I went by to knock on the door, and I said, listen, if there's anything you need, I'm here to help, she goes, I don't need your help, and she slammed the door, so... Uh, the next week, I decided, you know what? I feel like I should go by again. So I went by again. I said, hey, I'm just out in the neighborhood. I just want to offer any help, anything you might need. You're by yourself now. And she goes, I told you I don't need your help. She slammed the door again. And so about, I waited a couple more weeks, and I went by again. I just felt like the Lord prompted me to go, but I was trying to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And so I went by this time. She said, well, I have a box in my trunk of the car, and I, it's too heavy for me to lift out. Maybe you could get it out for me. So I lifted out, and that was it, and I left. And so after a few more weeks, I went by again. She started inviting me in to help her. And uh, so I started doing all kinds of things for her. So anyway, long story short, this went on for seven years. God had me go by almost weekly for seven years to see this lady. I never witnessed to her. I know she did not like Christians. I just tried to be a good example and show her care and love. After seven years, she said to me, Bill, why do you come by here every week almost? I said, because, you know, you had a husband. But, you know, God wants to show you he can be your husband, and he loves you, and he's just showing you his love through me. That's all. 
and a tear came down her face. And she was a tough woman. And she goes, you know, I'd really like to get to know this Jesus you, you talk about. What, what do I do? And so I, I led her through the prayer. I explained it all to her. She was weeping. She was so excited. And then she says, Bill, listen, I'm getting too old for my two-story house. I want to sell it and get a one-story. She goes, I'd like you to list it. I said, but you're a realtor. You, you don't need me. And she goes, no, but I've watched you. Everything you touch prospers. And you could probably get more from my house than I could. So you list it, you sell it, and find me another house. So I ended up making the two sales. But the point was, she got saved. But it took patience. Not everybody gets saved the same way. And usually it's through our life example. People are watching us. It's not so much our preaching to them. It's they're observing us. And that speaks volumes when they see you keep your word, you're integritous, you do things right, you don't cut corners, you treat people fairly, and you're quick to forgive and show love to everybody. Those things the world notices, right? That's true. God is so good. God is so good. You know, I think I'm just going to end with this. These two scriptures are really important. You know, God wants us to learn through being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, as you all know here. But listen to this verse. Psalms 32, 8, 9 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Be not as the horse which has no understanding, whose mouth must be held with bitten bridle. So he's telling us he wants to guide us with his eye, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's how he wants us to learn. You know, I remember I used to get that eye from my parents when I was young, right? They didn't have to hit me. I knew I was out of line. And I've seen that eye today from my wife. She might only be 110 pounds, but her fighting weight is 350, I tell you. That's true. But listen to this verse too. Proverbs 21.11 says, When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. But when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. You see that the scorner has to be punished, but the wise only has to be instructed. You know, what God wants us to learn the easy way, not the hard way. He doesn't want to hit us over the head. He wants us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And that takes some practice. We have to get up in the morning. We have to pray. We have to listen to the voice of the Lord and spend time with Him. And as we do that, then God will speak to us and we can learn. He can correct us. Like I did with that list, you know. Uh, I made that list. I would compare myself with that because, you know, yes, um, you know, we're, we all operate in God's love, and it's, the commandments are to love God and love your neighbor. But also, if we compare ourselves to the Scripture, there's some things we might be doing in life that we didn't know we were doing. And we're causing ourselves problems because we were unaware of the, what we were doing. Some people have a temper, and they just can't control their temper. Well, that will hinder you and open the door, the, the hedge. Ecclesiastes 10.8 says, whoever breaks a hedge, a serpent will bite. There's many ways we can open up a hedge unbeknownst to us. So if we compare ourselves to the Scripture, just like a pilot has a checklist, we go through that list and look at it and say, man, I didn't know I was missing it here. I better work on that area. So it's not, again, performance. It's still obedience to all the Word. And you want to obey God because how much He's done for us. You love Him, and you say, Lord, I don't want to offend you in any way. I've got to look at your Word. Am I missing it somewhere? Correct me, Lord. Show me where I'm off. I, I want to please you. And that's so important. And so I think those verses are really important to, to pay attention to. You know, God loves every single person. And I, I've noticed to have a supernatural life, you have to operate in faith. You've got to show God your faith. 
You've got to show God your love, that you love people. And that's most of the tests we go through in life is what's our heart. God's looking to see what's in our heart. Will she, we show love to people that are mean to us and ugly to us. You know, are we quick to forgive people that are also uh, maybe have done, hurt us in a bad way? God's looking for all these ways, and he tests our heart, and he, tests, he wants to find faith and obedience and love. That's what he's looking for to be in our hearts. And so it's up to us to develop those, those characteristics in our heart. But I've learned this too. Uh, this sums it all up. If we can be quick to forgive, quick to repent, and quick to obey, we will do well with God, and we will experience the supernatural experiences of God. God will invade your life with all kinds of supernatural things. I could go on with story after story about how God has blessed us. And, you know, even if you decide to be a soul winner, that's amazing. God really watches over you, especially then, because you're on a mission every day to win souls, and that's God's heart. He doesn't want one person to go to hell. And if you say, Lord, use me, I'm available. Use me. Uh, then God will find a way. And we've gone on trips where the weather was terrible. We landed the day before or left the day after. We missed all the bad weather. We've gotten through so many things. God has uh, taken care of us just to, because we're interested in souls. So he does the same thing for each one of us. He'll orchestrate your life and protect you in a way because you're, you have a piece of his heart. And his heart, he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. And I'm going to talk about that Wednesday night. But, you know, that is what impacts us, when we know there's a severe hell, we don't want our loved ones going there. And we've got to do anything we can do, pray and fast, do whatever we can do to keep them out of that horrible place. But to experience the supernatural, be quick to forgive, quick to repent, and quick to obey. Amen? God bless. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Fulmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 